for sure. 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 Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200-foot podcast. I'm Peter. Oh, is this... Uh, how do I do this? We haven't done this in a while. Do I just say my name? Is that is that what I do here? Yeah. Okay. Yep. You, you say your name, say your name. Okay. Say your name, your name. Okay. There, there yep. it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, so okay. it's me. It's me, Jay. Um, if that really grating and painfully sarcastic intro hasn't given you the idea... Yeah, it's been a bit. We've uh, we've had a little little tiny break, our, our own little summer things. Peter, how how are you? I'm doing well. I'm um, feeling much better than the last time we recorded. Uh, when I was I was still coughing a lot. I think the last probably maybe the last two times I was I was not feeling very well. I was coughing for like a very long time, and so it feels much much better to not be coughing all the time. Yes, I uh, was worried I would have to break out my uh, bouncer clicker thing for how many times you cough, and surprisingly, I haven't had to uh-huh. use it. So this is very exciting. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so how about you? Oh, oh doing great. Um, I I went on vacation two weeks in in a row. It was uh, th- thrilling, uh, somewhat exhausting, and then uh, as we talk right now, I am currently recovering. From having four teeth uh, uh, excavated and 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 not ex sorry that's 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 the, that's that's the later procedure. Uh, I had four fillings done yesterday, so if my speech somehow sounds slurred or out of whack, just know it's not because of that. It's because I've been just drinking this entire time. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like I said, we are recording at twelve o'clock on uh, Friday afternoon. And 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 as <laughs> and as the prophet says, it is indeed five o'clock somewhere. So, uh, with with, <laughs> with many painkillers already in my system, I think we're ready to go. Uh, Pete, things have happened uh, in, in our in our uh, absence. Uh, we 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 felt that it was in our listeners' best interest to maybe not go over every single thing because you know in the time that we've been gone, eh, people probably found themselves outside of the rock they live under, right? They probably read a newsletter or two, so they don't really need us to break the old news and and, and thus becoming the world the the podcast world's newest uh, form of the slowpoke meme. Hey, did you guys see that the, that Jack Hughes was picked number one overall? So, um, yeah, it's like the social media version where you have like Reddit first, then Twitter, then Facebook. Yep. I don't know what's after Facebook. It's like I see things on Facebook where I'm like, I saw that like a week ago. <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's just now making its way to Facebook. Um, so, yeah, we don't want to be the Facebook in this example. Um but there and, are some uh, things that are still happening. There's yeah. that 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 did kind of start when everything else started happening. But hey, but they actually are still currently unresolved. So, so Peter, why why don't we talk about this little this little thing that is that is seldom used, but when it gets used, gosh, the hockey world acts like Pompeii has erupted, right? So, yeah. uh, 
I, I like I, I think it's funny because I know I know there's been a lot of versions of this on Twitter, so I certainly don't want to make it sound like this is me coming up with this phrase or this uh you know this, oh, I'm, this take oh, I'm, or whatever. I'm definitely blame I'm definitely giving you all the credit for what you're about to say. Like that's exactly what you're thinking. Okay. <laughs> um so <laughs> it's really funny as somebody who does not really follow other sports anywhere close to with the fervor that I follow uh, the NHL. It's really funny to see in the NBA, you know, some player gets traded for like 18 first round draft picks um, and 16 other players. You know, it's (laughs) like we traded our entire organization for this one player. Um, He's, he's, you know, hopefully he's, uh, he's able to do it, you know, by himself. He's able to go out there and, you know, kind of really, um, you know, really bring it himself uh, because he's going to be a little bit uh, uh, at a disadvantage playing one on five. But, <laughs> you know, so so you have the NBA where like all these crazy deals are happening. And like in the NHL, it's like this guy basically said, hey, we want to sign you to a contract instead of the team you're currently playing for. And yeah. then, oh, my God, this is the biggest thing that's ever happened. Now, to be fair. I have been very excited for the offer sheet. Um, I have been hoping that they would come back uh, because they make life more interesting. And when life is more interesting than, well, actually, I guess that's kind of the end goal, right? So uh, when, when, when when the sport you follow is more interesting than life is more interesting, that makes sense. Uh, (laughs) I kind of got ahead of myself a little bit on that one. I know. I know. It's okay. (laughs) Well, you're talking so, to the guy who said Pompeii erupted when I actually meant Mount Vesuvius. So I think we'll both take our <laughs> mulligans pretty early on in this one. There we go. Um, so we are, of course, referring to actually a couple things because uh, right now uh, – and and actually, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Aho first. Then we'll get to Marner. So you know, right now uh, – the the offer sheet for Sebastian Aho has already happened. Uh, Montreal tendered an offer sheet to Aho. Uh, he signed it, and then um, Carolina ended up signing, uh, you know, signing the contract as well, which means he will stay with Carolina. Uh, you know, no no draft picks or anything are changing place. But for a little while, it was. Um, you know, a little while there was some chaos. There was some, uh, you know, is you know, is Carolina going to sign it? Uh, it's not too surprising when you kind of take a step back to see that yes, Carolina was always going to sign it. It wasn't really, um, you know, there wasn't really a chance that Carolina was not going to sign it. I was just kind of hoping they didn't, just because of everybody saying, "Oh, of course they're going to sign it," which which made sense at the time. But I just, as as, as a a card carrying member of Team Chaos. I just think it's funny when unexpected things happen. Um, but yeah, so so the the big thing, and, and I'm curious like what your take is on this. The big thing that we kept hearing, which does make sense on the one hand, but it also seems like something that could change, is that one of the reasons why people always say, "Oh, you're never get, you're not going to get the offer sheets that you're you're interested in seeing happen," is because the the GMs are tight with each other, which is true, and they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want another GM to come back at them. So now that we've seen one and we've kind of seen how this played out, like, do you think that that's still the case? That everybody's still buddy, buddy, and they won't do this to each other? Well, yeah, like like that the disincentive for the offer sheet is that um, the other GM is then going to come back at you. Well, honestly, I would love to 
I feel like that is still the case, but maybe these types of things are. Let's say, well, let's see. When was the let's? I have the list in front of me right here. So the last offer sheet that was, um, was done was uh, February, uh, in 2013 for Ryan O'Reilly. The 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 Flames offered him, and then the Avalanche matched, and then that's that's nothing. So, you know, we're on. uh, Okay, so six years, right? Six years ish since something like this has happened. I get the feeling that like this is like a like an every once in a while, you know, that like someone does it just to like wake everybody up to be like, oh, wait, ah, crap. This is something we have to look out for, huh? All right. All right. All right. It's basically like a warning shot off the bow. Now, if something doesn't happen now, what I would like to see happen is that to go away completely. Yeah, I, I think I think what you were saying early on in the part of this discussion about how it would make things more interesting. Um Last I checked, wasn't everyone on board with the whole let's win a cup, let's have parity, let's try and maximize our ways to, to win games? So I feel like if this is a allowed, um, you know, regulated and, you know, agreed upon method in which to try and acquire players, I don't understand why more people don't do it. Because, you know, I think at the end of the day, if you're talking about adding something big to your team, but then, oh, you're opening yourself up for vulnerability, well... So what, you know, how many, how many times, you know, how many times have we seen in this league, Pete, that playing it safe completely screws you over, right? Completely sets you back, completely stalls, whatever trajectory you're on. So, you know, like I would love to see, you know, let's, let's look back at uh, another offer sheet that I was um, just reading about recently. And like the, in the, in terms of monumental shifts in, in where talent went, I'm I'm talking about the July 25th, 1991 offer sheet between Brendan Shanahan and the St. Louis Blues. The Blues offered him. He signed it. The New Jersey Devils didn't want to match. So uh, they the way that this wiki article is uh, phrasing this as the Blues still owed two first round picks to the Capitals as per their original Stevens offer sheet in 1990. Stevens being Mr. Scott Stevens. And uh, and the Blues and Devils were unable to agree on proper compensation. The Blues offered Curtis Joseph and Rod Brindamore and two draft picks, but the Devils declined, asking instead for Stevens. The case was then sent to arbitration, and arbitration awarded Stevens to the Devils. So, in 1991, you, the Devils got their wrecking ball in Scott Stevens, and the Blues got Brendan Shanahan, who then you know eventually became you know Cup winner for the for the Red Wings and stuff. So, like. Maybe that's what everybody's scared of. Like, hey, like, like, oh, I'm going to offer you this person, but while I got a good player, arbitration will maybe take a player away from me, a player that maybe I didn't want to have, or maybe a player I wish I could have gotten more for. Well, so, I, I, I don't think. I mean, I think that's like a like a bygone era. Like, like, like it doesn't work like that anymore. Well, I mean, there's there's accepted, there's matched, there's you know, I I, I was just thinking like like. Like in terms of precedent, maybe not like that's actually going to be a thing, but you know, obviously, the the way that arbitration can can mess around with how these deals are, are you know, basically decided. I was just thinking, like, you know, hey, there's probably you know, even though there aren't many examples of someone being moved, and and then you're losing somebody else, or like you offer up another good player. I mean, 
maybe I maybe I explained that wrong. It, it wasn't that, you know, hey, in order for you to get Shanahan, you have to give up Stevens. Like the Blues offered up Stevens as compensation for trying to figure out that deal if I'm reading this thing correctly. If I'm not, I look forward to someone writing in and then calling me out like the Swiss and the well, no, it just before. it just so, works differently now. Um um yeah. 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 I mean now it's it's pretty straightforward. Okay, it's basically right. you either you know, like, like, let's say I offer you a, a contract, an offer sheet, you sign it Two th- one of two things is going to happen. Either your team is going to match and they will get, you know, you will stay a member of the organization at whatever the terms of the deal were, um, or they are not going to match and I will get you and they will get compensation for me in the term, in the form of whatever the draft picks are, that are, are, that are listed. Um, yeah, like, like I'm not sure exactly hmm. why. Like, like I mean, obviously, like you're correct in what happened. It's just I think the system was different back then. Like now, it's pretty much straight up. Like here oh, yeah, is here's the compensation. This is this is what is going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Well, yeah. thank thank you for for elucidating on on this subject, which then probably brings me to my next point, which is. Maybe they all again. Think about it. It's like the it's like mm. the numbers in in Lost, right? Type the numbers and the volcano <laughs> won't explode. So maybe maybe everybody is just in this moment. Where it's like, all right, don't do this. Otherwise, otherwise it's going to screw a bunch of stuff up. So just just play it by play it by the numbers and 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 don't yeah. screw anything up. I uh, I don't know. I I would like you know it, it's tough, Pete, because you know when you're used to a broken system for so long right right coming coming up with a drastically new way in which that system can operate does does you know offer new and exciting oh, uh absolutely to happen. Yeah. but you know I, I i still think in this day and age you know i would think of all the like the way that social media is able to just turn these events into just these spectacles Especially when they aren't on your team, right? If you don't have anything, gosh, that's like a it's like a day on the beach for you, where you're just like, I got my bruise, I got everything's on fire, but I'm just sitting here, yeah, hanging out. Oh, it must stink to have your the face of your franchise get offer sheeted by the Canadians. Gosh, that's that's terrible. Hey, can I get another my tie <laughs> over here? So that's that that's what I feel. I but but okay. So you asked me a question. Now I ask you a question. Sure, go for it. What what in your mind? Because obviously the GMs have their idea. What right. do you think is the worst possible scenario of multiple offer sheets happening? Like what? What do you? Th- I mean, I'm not saying you know. I'm not saying I know either. But yeah. like obviously they, they you know, are, are between our vast knowledge between you mm-hmm. and I. Because again, between the two of us, we hold, we hold the complete and utter uh, truthful and non <laughs> uninformed history of the NHL. Between the yeah. two of us, what do you think we could come up with that? is their doomsday where they're like, okay, well, if I sign this person to an offer sheet, here's the shit I have to look out for. Is it just going to be hmm. all of my guys are going to get offer sheeted by six other guys or like what you already know what I'm asking. So what do you yeah. think could be the, the, the thing that's turning them off? Well, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think what you said is pretty much what they're worried about. Um, I mean, basically, there's a couple things. Number one is, like we talked about before, you know, the entire kind of GM system is very, very buddy buddy with each other. Um, now, obviously, they're they're competitive; they all want to win. Um, but you know, like there there, you know, there are a lot of examples of, uh, you know, them kind of not. I, I guess probably the best way to put this is like the offer sheet 
in some scenarios because there's there's definitely some scenarios in which it's not really a good idea um like for example if you are going to be you know we're going to talk about mitch marner in a little bit like if you are if you want to offer sheet mitch marner like in order to have a chance for toronto not to match you have to go into the highest tier now to come back to something you said before um or when we're talking about the aho offer sheet so the the tier, the, like basically the third tier from the top. So there's a top tier, there's the next one down, and the next one down. And so uh, Montreal structured this contract so that his cap hit would be $871 below the cutoff to go into like the second tier from the top, um, obviously on purpose. And they front-loaded the money so that Carolina would have to pay, I think it's $21 million for the first year in actual money now the thing that i always thought was funny is because they're like oh you know carolina you know they're not a big market team blah blah, blah. it's like their owner is a billionaire he, he like he has 21 million dollars like it, it, it's not a problem um now the one thing that um i was listening to the podcast with elliot friedman uh the 31 thoughts podcast and one of the things that he said he heard is that the the reason that they thought that maybe this would work is because um the owner is notorious for having like 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 this is what i want to pay for this i want to pay this this amount of money for this like this is what i'm willing to pay for a coach this is what i'm willing to pay for a gm you know and i don't want to go over this this price point and so it's not that he doesn't have the money it's that they they you know they thought that there might be a chance that he was not going to be willing to spend that much money obviously it turned out not to matter uh because he did um but basically in order to in, in my opinion and i mean a lot of people's opinion this is this is pretty much the conventional wisdom in order to have a chance for Toronto to walk away from the offer sheet for Mitch Marner um it seems likely that you would have to go into that top tier which is 10 point basically 10.5 million it's it's a little over that um but yeah so like 10.6 million roughly you would have to do that uh per year and the compensation is four first round draft picks right now i think there's something where it doesn't it doesn't have to be the next four it has to be like four in the next either five or six years i think um because i know there's a question when the offer sheet to Sebastian Ajo was outstanding, meaning that Carolina had not officially matched. People were wondering if Montreal could submit an offer sheet for someone like Mitch Marner because th- one of their first round picks would would be tied up in that uh, that Ajo deal um, because it's a first, a second, and a third for the one that they did. Um, and I remember reading that that wasn't the case; that it does not have to be the next four. It just it's like I said, it's like four out of the next five or six years. Um, but anyway. If you look at like cat friendly, like technically every team has the picks that they, you know, every team could make this offer sheet and just in terms of the picks. But the thing is for the vast majority of these teams paying someone like Mitch Marner, even as good as he is, let's say $12 million a year. Like there's a rumor out there that there's like a $12.5 million offer sheet that's been authorized by a team's owner just has not been tendered yet i guess or whatever um now granted that's a rumor um i don't know if that's true um when the rumor came out that people were basically saying that it would happen you know imminently and that was days ago and it hasn't happened so you know take that for what it's worth um basically there's there i i can't think of too many teams i I can think of one team that 
it would maybe make sense for them to do this as like we are going for it in the next couple years. You know, we're planning on being a very good team. Our first round draft picks are likely going to be pretty late in the first round. Um, and that team's Colorado. You know, if you look at the team they built, if you look at, you know, how they were doing last year, um, adding Mitch Marner to Colorado could put them over the top. It, it obviously could not. I mean, we saw what happened with Tampa Bay this year, you know, but um, so I think that's that's the danger because uh, I said, like, on the one hand, the reason that they don't do this is that just just with how much the compensation is that without anybody else kind of coming back on you, it's just going to end up being a bad deal in the long run for your team. So I think that's one of the reasons that they don't do it. The other one, like we said before, I mean, it, it does seem like possible that, you know, right now Tampa Bay is over a barrel in terms of cap space and if someone was going to make an offer sheet, it makes all the sense in the world for them to target Braden point. That seems like they can make that number high enough where he's not getting ridiculously overpaid by whatever team does it. And Tampa Bay would have a hard time matching that. Like they'd have to make some, you know, make some roster moves if they were going to do it, but it still doesn't, it still hasn't happened. Um, And obviously the, the, the idea would be that, down the road when Tampa Bay sees the team, you know, let's just say that Islanders just cause they've been linked to some, dra- some, some offer sheet rumors, not even to say that there's anything to them, but you know, let's say, let's say that the Islanders did it just, just to kind of put a name to it, you know, down the road, the Islanders are, you know, looking to be competitive. You know, they're, they're, they're looking to, you know, maybe they're in a cup window and they're cap crunched and they have a really good player who's coming up, you know, coming up for a contract, Tampa Bay, is ready with the offer sheet. You know, that's the, that's the danger. That's that. And, and, and it's hard because you don't know how realistic that is until it happens. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like that's, that's the biggest yeah. thing in all of this is it's all kind of hypothetical. Um, I mean, obviously uh, there have been some, I, I believe Brian Burke challenged somebody to a barn fight over an offer sheet in the past, if I remember correctly. Um, however, not every GM is as combative as, as he is. I honestly think that whatever the next CBA negotiation is, that has to be written into the language that if that a, a accepted and legal way to dispute an offer sheet is a barn fight. That yeah. <laughs> I, I really hope that that's, that's somehow able to be negotiated into the stuff. Because then, you know, obviously the NHL would find a way to sell tickets and then there's merch, you know, yeah. uh, Berkey v. Holland, right? Like just... <laughs> Just all of the photoshopping their heads onto Rocky's body and and uh, and, uh, and the Mister T's body. That'd be it'd be great. Um, oh, well, and, and okay, it, too, so, be, it would be good because you wouldn't have any problem getting getting water for the corners uh, because the Edmonton media just carries water all day. So <laughs> you'd have like Steve Simmons uh, with like big pails over his shoulder, being like, "I got your water, Kenny." Uh, I, I, I have no I idea see, what he I talks, see. what he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like the way everybody was with Mueller. Nobody knows what this guy sounds like. Yeah. He can come out talking like Kermit the Frog. You don't know. I know. That'd um, be really funny. It's like, no, well, I think- thank you for having me testify today. I'd like to uh, begin by uh, thanking the chairman for uh, for helping. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, it's wonderful to be here. Yeah, that, that would that would be that would be fantastic. I wonder. 
I, I, next time. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, he's 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 supposedly going to testify soon, and obviously, we're not going to turn this into politics. But just, uh, <laughs> no, but like, I mean, I was yeah. thinking, you know, all politics aside, it would kind of be funny if I overdubbed. Like if if I took the transcript of what he said and re- did like a thirty second video of just like overdumbing like Kermit the Frog's uh, voice over what he actually says. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, you can't stop me from well, doing it. I can't. I I really can't. Yeah. I tried, folks, I but I can't. Um, well, okay. Everything you said there is very legal and very awesome sounding. But yeah. what what I wonder about the, with these offer sheets things is. When you have like this, the this the the unmitigated gall to to go after somebody like this, like why would I, I guess I'm thinking about this from like an uh, I guess the only way I can think about it is from an objective point of view because obviously there's incentive disincentive to, to to do something like it. What I'm wondering is like why why would it be so? I, I okay so yes team wise sure that would do that but like why I, I i'm just curious why that would be just this most outlandish like you've crossed a line thing to do when it's when it's totally there it's it's yeah. in the, it's in the rule book this is this is something i can do right like and, and at the same time like okay so like obviously there's fortune favors the bold but then on, on the flip side you know if that if that happens there's there's obviously a number of things I can shake out from it, right? Because then you can just, I mean, it is, this offer sheet specifically was kind of interesting because of, of I thought that the whole, you know, it, it just seems like, and I know this goes back to many of the other episodes where I would think I know what I'm talking about when it comes to lockout protection. You'd be like, no, 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 that's not true. <laughs> um the so all of the money that is that is owed to Aho would be in the signing bonus thing. So, you know, with with how much money like I know. I, I I'm just kind of rambling here. I, I, <laughs> again, long story short, I'm just curious why this would be such a bad thing. You know, mm-hmm. still like e- even so, like, okay, so so your guy gets offer sheeted, right? Okay, so then you open up the salvos to offer sheet one of their guys. And then what does, you know, you like, you'll see if anybody drops. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're an owner who hasn't been able to correctly have good term relationships with all of your players, and then this is something that happens. I mean, I'd be very curious. Is like, like was Aho really wanting to leave Carolina? Like, do we know, I like, mean, do I, we know this? I, I so, don't think so. I think, I think he, so like, he, wanted to get, case, he wanted to get paid. I mean, like there was, um, uh, what was this? Somebody uh, again. This is uh, on the uh, the Thirty One Thoughts podcast. He was saying that uh, basically Carolina wanted either a one year deal or a I think seven. It could have been seven or eight year deal because obviously they can go eight. Either a one year deal or a seven or eight year deal. And Aho wanted something like four or five years, and they weren't interested in like like they did not want to do that. And so basically, he used Montreal to get that from Carolina. At least that's the way I that's the way I see it. Okay. I mean, you know, it's kind of well, like what you said before. You know, I mean, there's there's nothing in the rule book that says a dog can't play basketball. Canine checking in. What the heck's going on here? Oh, 
handle this, Josh. But the Timberwolves want to substitute the dog. What are they nuts? Dog's a registered member of the team. He practices with the team, he travels with the team. You check in your rule book. But you won't find anything in there that says a dog can't play. He's right. Ain't no rule said the dog can't play basketball. This is a joke. Dogs don't play basketball. What's the matter, gentlemen? Afraid your team might get beat by a dog? Put him in! in. <laughs> you know, I think it's in the rules. I mean, like, like this is an option that the players have. And they have such little leverage, you know, before they get to be unrestricted free agents that, I mean, I personally have zero problem with them using the leverage that they do have in this way. Um, But at the same time, like you never know, you know, you know, you never know, is there going to be fallout in Carolina from this with, with him and the team? I personally don't think so, but I mean, I have absolutely no inside information. I am just guessing. I am just, you know, speculating. I, I, I don't really know. That's fair. Yeah. I'm, I'm not um, I'm not entirely sure that this is, you know, something that can be like frowned upon. I, I, I mean, just as a as a fan, I mean, I, again, I'm waiting for the day where we can actually get a GM on on our fine program here and actually ask them just like point blank, like, why don't you do this? Yeah. <laughs> what is like explain explaining great detail? Like if it's just like this massive thing where. You know, at the GM meetings, they always have a giant poker game about whether or not they should start offer sheeting everybody. And it always ends up that we should not offer sheet everybody. I would love to know that. I would be interested to know that that's the process that they use to try and figure this stuff out. So, you know, again, there's it's obviously a maelstrom. Um, I I, I think the whole Marner stuff. Gosh, you know, with 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 how everything in Toronto has been going right now, that would just be so much fun. Yeah. Right. Just just so much fun because. You know, I, I saw a headline the other day, they were like, does Babcock and Dubas, do they agree on the right way to build a team? And I'm like, I don't care, but I watch. Yeah. I will watch. I will see who decides to, who who wins that fight. So, you know, just, just complicate things further, right? And then, you know, but, but at the end of the day, I actually do want good things to happen for Dubas because maybe that way, you know, uh, when all else fails, fresh minds, fresh tactics, you know, fresh eyes and all that stuff, it would be nice to have, lose. you know, yeah. all that kind of, yeah, yeah, clear eyes. Yeah, the the fresh you know, eyes, fresh, fresh the, eyes, fresh tactics can't you can't lose. That's how it goes, right? Up, 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 down, left, right. Yeah. A, B, start. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's how it goes. Cool. And that's all we have to say about that. Coming up, we have an interview. Uh, we have a fantastic interview for you. Uh, but in between this and that, we are going to do our first ad break. So after the ad break, we will be back with an interview. Our guest today is Shayna Goldman. She is a co-creator of the site Behind the Benches and a contributor for Hockey Graphs, also for Blue Shirt Banter and The Athletic New York City, uh, because I think that is a requirement at this point, that everybody who is a yep. guest on our show has to have at least contributed to The, to, to the Athletic at some point. Um, but she, she mainly writes uh, there about the Rangers, but also about the Islanders. I know uh, she definitely wrote about them during the last playoff run, uh, and we can talk more about that. Uh, so Shayna, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yay. Uh, thank you. This is, uh, this is fantastic. Um, you know, we've, we've kind of known each other on Twitter for a while and, um, Jay will be happy that we didn't meet in person at, uh, a Rochester conference because I think he gets jealous about all the people I got to meet there. Um, but no, we, we got <laughs> to meet at the, uh, the recent New York city analytics meetup. Um, 
So, so first of all, let's talk about that for a second. So, so what did you think of that? That was that was pretty fun. It was fun. I was I was nervous. I'll be totally honest. Like Mike Murphy and I were like we're only going if the other person goes. We're like <laughs> we'll stand in the back corner. We'll eat chicken fingers. We get there. There's no chicken fingers, and we were both just like, oh no, what did we do? Uh, but it was really good. Yeah, it was awesome. We got we got to talk, and uh, I know Josh uh, Josh from the Islanders Twitter, uh, Garrick Garrick sixteen, right? I think is the number. Yeah. Um, well, also from Hockey Graphs and, and other things. Um, you know, he was over in that corner, and we had some some really cool conversations. One of which I definitely want to talk about a little bit, if that's okay. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, but first, uh, let's start with uh, the you know the path to get to where you are. So, how did you become interested in writing about hockey, and what was the journey like to get to you know where you are now with the the writing jobs you have now um okay so i grew up a ranger fan um mm-hmm. my mom was diehard ranger fan my dad was an islander fan and i chose the rangers mm-hmm. we there were three of us and we all had the you know the option it would be here's two ranger things and an islander thing fight amongst yourselves and figure it out and mm-hmm. i always took the ranger stuff <laughs> so um i originally went to college for journalism mm-hmm. i hated it after a semester and switched out of it actually <laughs> Um, and I went for business management and I started taking sports classes cause you know, you could for electives and, uh, and then I was going to go to grad school for accounting and I ended up going for sports business instead at NYU by chance. Um, and from there I started, I did an internship with sport techie and I was writing about all different things in sports technology and as much as I could, I would write about hockey. And from there I tried to build on it you know I never expected to be writing anything about like in-game stories and I never really wanted to Mm because I figured it would kind of ruin watching hockey for me maybe like take away my fandom and uh eventually I was like you know what why not change it up started writing about um actually the Vegas Golden Knights before they were a team like up until the expansion draft Mm -hmm. and then I started writing at like fan rec sports and I got to cover a handful of teams including the Rangers and then from there, it just became easier to write about the Rangers. They were the team I knew inside and out. Hmm. So I joined Blue Shirt Banter and then Hockey Graphs and then eventually The Athletic. And now here I am. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Sheena, with everything that's happened with New York, because nothing interesting has happened so far in the offseason nope. for them. Nothing at um, all. <laughs> if, if, there, if there was one move that 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 you would say could be – at least worth any of our time. Do you, do you think it would have something to do with a guy that has more K's, A's, and P's in their name than the alphabet itself? Is that, yes. is that fair to say? <laughs> yeah, I think um, had they ended up picking like 8th or ninth again this year, we wouldn't have seen the moves that followed, and they wouldn't have been so aggressive because at that point, you know, you just follow the path that you're doing and hope that you can get that high draft pick at some point. And um, which which it's not a knock against anyone that could be drafted like eighth or ninth, but obviously like the talent disparity and all of that. Um, they they somehow got super lucky and got the second overall pick, and that really kicked everything off. And I think that's what inspired them to not go for it. I think now they're saying they're not rebuilding, but they're building. You know, which is just <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> it's all in the same. You're still rebuilding, but you know it. it they wanted to accelerate it without completely accelerating it to the point where they're like, oh, well, we're contenders when they're not. And then you half-ass it and have to do it all over again. So <laughs> they're still being cautious with it. But I guess when you can when you can add players like Panarin without 
losing any sort of assets, you go for it. Why not? And it kind of shows their patient approach waiting for a player like that to get to free agency. They did it with Shattenkirk. Um, they didn't do it with Adam Fox, actually, but, you know, when it's a young player, I guess you make the exception it was draft picks instead of, like, some huge haul that mm. it would have cost for, like, a player like Panarin if you traded for him in season. Yeah. But, you know, they were patient enough with it that I guess they could still say, we're rebuilding, we didn't go off the rails completely. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of more like uh, like ex- putting an addition on, you know, because, like, rebuilding would be, like, you know, tearing down and then building again, whereas this is kind of like uh, putting a patio on, maybe? I don't know. Uh, yeah, green, yeah. Yeah, sure. I, yeah, maybe maybe a sunroom. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, are sunrooms a thing still? I forget. Uh, I, I like the sunroom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so... What do you think are, um, you know, let, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Kako for a second. Um, so what do you think are some reasonable expectations for him? Uh, because obviously, whenever you get a player taken that high, a lot of times fans are a little unreasonable, let's just say, uh, with the expectation of him coming in, uh, you know, that first season or, you know, even the second season. So, so what do you think are some reasonable expectations to see from him, you know, this season, maybe next season, uh, you know, whatever makes sense. Um, so I think Ranger fans should know about the expectations because when Leo Sanderson was drafted seventh overall, he was the earliest pick they had had in years and (laughs) everyone had these wild expectations for him. And, Part of it had to do with him being drafted early. Part of it had to be with him being selected from the pick that came from the step-on trade. So it was like thought he's going to step right into the lineup. Uh, I think that they have to make sure to not go off the rails with their expectations there. And I think having Panarin definitely helps with that because he's going to get a lot of the attention. And Vitaly Kraftsoff is going to come in too. And if they still have Kreider, that it takes the weight off him. But uh, already I think David Quinn said that he wants to see Kaka with with Mika's Vanajad, which definitely should help him adjust because, you know, that's a center that's that's solid in both zones, really exploded offensively last year, and drives play that you can have it, that it's a little bit of weight off Kako, and he can just play to his strengths. But, um, yeah, I would, I would guess he plays most of his first NHL season at the NHL level, um, as long as he adjusts well when he comes to the NHL off the bat. And uh, other players from... Finland from his league, you know, have been able to, but there are a handful that didn't come directly in or they played half of their first season in the AHL like uh, Miko Rantanen did before coming up and really spending his uh, rookie season there. But if you look at, you know, Barkov and Line, they're the two that I guess most are hoping and expecting him to be like this upcoming season. Yeah, so so based on something you mentioned, I I just realized I I don't know this, so I f- I figure I'd ask. Um, so is, is Kako going to be AHL eligible this coming year this season? He just signed his entry level contract, so right. they can I guess do with him what they please. Yeah, because I you know you know because a lot of times like the annoying thing when you draft a player from you know let's say the OHL or the Q um, is that. You know, it's it's like NHL or back to juniors for usually for a couple of years. Um, yeah. So, you know, so like, like the Red Wings had that luxury with Philip Zadina this past year where because of kind of like a loophole, um, it was like I think I forget exactly how it worked, but it was like he was loaned to the OHL by his by a team in Europe or something like yeah. that. And yeah. so he was able to play in the, the AHL, which is always good because, you know, if you if you, you know, you don't want to rush a player like that. Uh, even you know, even if they are a second overall pick, you know, you know, if they're not 
quite ready to 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 be in the NHL. That's not going to be best for their development. It's nice to have them be able to play, you know, in the AHL as opposed to having to go to like a junior team. That reminds me of Zadina's uh, Team Czech Republic teammate, uh, Philip Hedel, completely because you know he came over to the NHL to start the season the year he was drafted, mm. and um, it seemed like he had outgrown the league in, in the Czech Republic. So hmm. the next steps would have been the AHL or NHL. And um, he started at the NHL for two games. He played, I think, 15 minutes combined between the two games. This was still under Olympio, <laughs> who we all know about him and development <laughs> and all that. So uh, he really didn't get a fair shake. I, I, I personally felt that he could have played a few more games before making the decision, but hmm. so be it. Um, he fought to stay in the hmm. AHL because he wanted to be able to prove himself. But the problem then was Hartford was a complete and total tire fire and uh i felt you know i I remember we had talked about it on the bantering blue shirts right before that season if he couldn't play at the nhl level did you even want him going to the ahl because it wasn't this great environment somewhere that we thought he could thrive and it would help his development we wondered if it was set him back because it did so many prospects that had gone there before then again they were you know lower ranked and all that they weren't at the same level as he so it's a little bit different but um he bought his day, and it worked out for him. He was one of the one of, if not the youngest players in the AHL. He came up at the end of the season, and then last year he played at the NHL level. Although, like yeah. his minutes still needed work, but um, I would guess Kako gets more of a shake at the NHL mm. level. This is David Quinn. He's definitely going to give him that shot. Mm. And uh, if they clearly think he can play on the first line off the bat, they're thinking this is more NHL ready than any past prospects they've had. Oh yeah, I mean he looked he looked great at the world. So yeah, I I I mean I I would be surprised if if he's not ready, but you know I, I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So with all this talent that's coming along here, Shannon, what what what's what's the odometer like on Lundquist? What who and is there was there a plan? Is there is there someone in the system that that the the Rangers are currently grooming? I, I would be. Just fine if Lundquist was just you know pretty and resilient forever, but we all know Father Time <laughs> gives no Fs. So, in in terms of how this you know is this a you know with the amount of offense that's happening, is that going to give Lundquist maybe a little bit of a breather, or I maybe mean, doesn't to stand on his head so much, or what? Basically, what is your goaltending situation, and 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 is it going to be as handsome this way forever? <laughs> Um, I think we definitely have at least two more years of being this handsome. Unless, I mean, <laughs> if the team takes a huge step back this year and, mm. and doesn't at least fight for a wild card spot, I think that would be my guess for Lundqvist. If he sees it that this team isn't fighting for a wild card spot by this year and it's just going to be another year of hell, I could see him wanting out after this year. But um, I'm not concerned with him. I think I might be the kind of person that's overly optimistic about Lundqvist. I try not to be biased. I try not to, you know, look at it from a fan perspective as much as possible. But with Lundqvist, I am completely and totally biased because, you know, you watch his entire career and you go, he's so much better than he gets credit for. So you're constantly, like, fighting that battle that, you know, you need to, like, level it. But I would guess he gets 60% of the games. I hope he doesn't have to stand on his head. I'm sure he's going to have to stand on his head. If I'm the Rangers, I would not have Lindy Ruff coaching the defense at all. He's doing it with uh, Greg Brown like they did last year. I just wouldn't have Lindy Ruff on my coaching staff. <laughs> and if I did, it would be as the eye in the sky at this point. I don't think he's – I think that they had systematic issues before he came in, and I can't fault him for that. 
But I think that you saw the lack of execution and the lack of adjustments. I would put a lot of that blame on him because it was issues that they hadn't had in years past with the same systems. Mm-hmm. And now, it, you know, it's Quinn coming in. Yes, the talent level wasn't there, but they have a ton of issues still. Um, it should be better this year with Adam Fox and with Jacob Truba and, you know, Brady Shea hopefully takes a step forward this year too, that I'm hoping it's not a complete tire fire in front of Lundquist. I'm guessing it's still not going to be pretty, but I think he can handle it. I think he can play 60% of the games this year and without issue. Um, Last year, he was playing a lot in the beginning of the year. He was doing well. And then when it came close to the deadline, he wasn't playing as much because he was even saying, get Georgiev in those games and make sure he gets to play as much as possible. He's the younger goalie. And when he didn't have that rhythm of playing all the time, it hurt him. And then he kind of lost some confidence because he wasn't winning. And part of it was on him. A lot of it was also on the team that I think that if he's still in his rhythm, he'll be fine this year. And you'll see mm-hmm. the game split with either Georgiev or um, Igor Shostorkin. And he came over from the KHL. He's the one everyone's been waiting for. But he's never played on NHL ice. And he's played in, you know behind a fantastic team for years. So there might be a bit of an adjustment there. I could see it that he's the backup, and then the next month he goes to Hartford to be the starter, and they flip between the two backups. So each one gets a good amount of playing time as a backup and each mm. with Lundqvist, and each one gets time as a start in Hartford, which they mm. did last year with Georgia to make sure he was fresh. They would send him down mm. for you know, a couple of days and make sure he played three, four games and then brought him back up. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, you obviously don't want that, uh, you know, your backup goalie just, just sitting. That's not that's not good for anybody. No. Um, all right, so I wanted to make sure, uh, you know, we still got plenty of time, but I wanted to make sure that we got to a reader uh, question because we had a, we had a really good one in our mailbag. Uh, and first of all, before I get to that one, I wanted to uh, to, to to read actually a reader comment uh, from Steve NYC who said, uh, "Shana's writing is great. This should be an enjoyable listen." So I thought you'd want to hear that. I appreciate um, that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so this one is from Zadinaberg with the big acquisitions and the recent improvements for non-playoff teams. Right, so Florida, New Jersey, uh, New York, Montreal, Philly. In recent weeks, basically the question is who stays in the playoff picture and who doesn't. You know, so with all the movement in the East, what do you think? You know, who do you think's coming out and who do you think's going in uh, for the playoffs? That's a good question. Yeah. Okay, so Toronto still a playoff team. Get them mm-hmm. out of the way. Everything affects the Leafs. Yes, they're <laughs> a playoff team. <laughs> <laughs> Tampa obviously is still the team to watch and I wonder if they I mean I don't know if they can accomplish what they did last year but I, I wonder if they have some defensive improvements this year because Strawman did struggle and uh they don't have Dan Girardi anymore either hmm. um let's see Columbus is a team that I would be concerned about making it again hmm. um I think they have to make a trade do literally anything because <laughs> there are definite gaps up front for them and um Hmm. It's tough. The Islanders worry me. The Islanders worry me because I think they had an unbelievable year with Leonard. I don't know if they would have had that again with Leonard had he been there, but I'm optimistic with their goaltending in general because they have Mitch Korn and Piero Greco and, you know, top of the line goaltending coaches that work wonders with whoever they are with. Yeah. Um, with Varlamov, I, he, we've seen him be a great goalie. Will he be it again at this age with all of his injury problems? I have no idea. Will Grice have another good year or will he have an awful year like he did a couple years ago? I don't know. And they still need another score that they have not brought in. And the whole not getting Panarin and then those problems with Lee, I think, set them back because they should have been looking at, 
you know, additional scores like Nyquist and they didn't get the chance to. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh, I'm sure we'll make it because Pittsburgh, Washington too, and uh, Carolina. But I guess my fringe teams would be like, I wonder if Buffalo makes a push for it. Mm-hmm. I think they've made some interesting moves. And with Ralph Kruger, maybe like they actually are a wild card team. Um, if Montreal actually offers you the score and can someone <laughs> in, that'd be great for them. You know, for <laughs> someone else, because it sounds like they have to do something too. And um, I do wonder if the Rangers are a team that just falls short. I could see them being like a, a wild card team, either a second wild card team or one that just misses. And this might be me being a little overly optimistic, but I think there's a chance for that if they make some improvements in their bottom six and their defense plays at least up to expectation. And um, I, I don't know about Florida. Like, mm. they got Bobrovsky, and that's all, like, nice and wonderful, but I don't know. I, I don't know if they did enough <laughs> this offseason either, but with Quenville, maybe. Maybe they're, like, a team that just misses like they always do. Yeah, I wonder if they have some of that, like, uh, residual, like, Luongo, like, good good vibe uh, dust. Uh <laughs> You know, you know, he he left he left a little parting gift in the locker room of like here here's my aura. You will you will be able to use it for one more year, even though right. I will not be here. I wonder um, if he comes back. Like it's like here's my aura for a year, and then a year later it's like all right, I'm back. Here <laughs> to hang in the front office. Oh man, it's um, yeah. Like, I, I'm I'm definitely very interested to see what's gonna what's gonna go on with Bobrovsky. Um, I know that Detroit was never really in the running for him. I you know th- they were never really linked to him at all. Um, it didn't really seem like, you know, the direction they're going to sign, a, a, you know, a, try to sign a big UFA uh, goalie. Um, but I remember thinking, like, just if if they were in that position, I would be very nervous about signing him for long term. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I don't know a lot about goalies, but I know some people who know a lot about goalies. Uh, specifically, like, I believe it was Nick Mercadante who was talking about it. You know, basically how, you know, how important uh, – Bobrovsky's, uh, you know, like the way he plays is not conducive to a person who's had the injury problems that he's had um, and that he is a big risk to regress very quickly. Um, now, obviously, I mean, just, you know, for his sake, I hope that doesn't happen because it's always hard to see that, you know, with with an athlete, you know, who se- seems to be a you know, pretty good guy, I guess. Um, like you never want to see that. Um, but, yeah, I would have been terrified if yeah. my team was in the market for, for him. Um I mean, I, years old. Yeah. I mean, like, if you think about it, you know, think about long term contracts for goalies and how many of them have been good. You look at Harry <laughs> Price's and it's still like, you know, okay, this is my near bias. Yeah. Saying it right now, but mm. they have a generational goalie. You have Luongo, mm. you have Lundqvist as your generational goalies. And everyone's going to hope they age as gracefully as the two of them. And, you know, Lundqvist, I wish the team didn't become horrible in front of him because mm. you get to see it a lot better. But, you know, here's a goalie that actually did age well and didn't follow the aging curve of falling off into his 30s. And I mm. think the hope for Montreal is, will Carey Price age like this? And the answer is, well, no. Yeah, that's <laughs> the answer when he signed the contract. But they did, I guess, what they felt they had to do. And now you see it with Bobrovsky, mm. the team doing what they think they had to do. And it's like, would I have done that? <laughs> Probably not. Def- almost definitely not, you know. He's, he's yeah. a great goalie. He seemed to have gotten past some of those playoff issues this year you know that's encouraging but seven years all of that money 31 years old and he's had injury problems and like everything you just mentioned i don't know i I would have to say pass (laughs) i would say pass on almost every goalie that was available this year i would have been like 
I like, you know, maybe the Morazic contract the most. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty, pretty, pretty tough world out there if you're uh, trying to bring in a goalie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I almost thought your um, diatribe, Shana, would have started with, <laughs> well, how does not making the, how does the Leafs not making the playoffs affect the Leafs? I thought that would have been, I thought that would have been a nice paradoxical uh, journey to take. Um, well, you know, they have Mitch Marner, who's better than Austin Matthews. He's going to get $14 million and get them, you know, power them into the playoffs no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. That is, yeah. That is certainly a thing. Um, thank you. Thank you for channeling uh, Leafs Twitter. Uh, I think the best at that is Kat Silverman. You know, she brings it back as often as she can just to hammer it into the ground. And I just love it. Yeah. One of my favorite pastimes is watching Chris Watkins, AKA Yolo Pinato troll Leafs Twitter. He is, and Nick. he doesn't do it very often, but Oh my God, he's amazing. Oh yeah. Nick. Yeah. Nick Mercadante too. Uh, so yeah, if you're, if you're ever interested in uh, following uh, some really great Twitter content, you know, just wait until they start trolling Leafs fans and it is fantastic. <laughs> all about it i wish i was better at it i feel like i could get better at it so i'm, I'm glad that we're all in this together and being yeah. better about trolling leaves i don't even oh. dislike the leaves but it's just everything yes they're fans them, you know it's a lot a lot of their fans it's, it's not all of their fans it's a lot of their fans yeah yeah well, all they need is to just get that pu- get that one that n- that next cup, right? And then everything will be fine. It'll be like repairing repairing the hole in the dam. No, it won't. It'll destroy. It'll destroy the dam. What team will come next? But it's like, oh, now they need, you know it's their time. They need to win. You know, you had the Blackhawks. You had hmm. you have the Leafs. Like, who will be next? Um, they're t- Edmonton. Yeah. Well. Edmonton has a ways to dig themselves out. <laughs> they, yeah. I, I'm I'm just fascinated by the their time thing because I feel like that's actually a very genuine and earned moniker to have. Like, ah, oh, this is their time. I try and remember <laughs> like what's who the act Washington uh, last year. Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, that yeah. That was the w- best team they had. And when they were in the playoffs, you know, like I couldn't help but root for like Ovechkin and Baxter was like, get your cup. It's your time. And I don't even really like the Capitals, especially yeah. because of a couple of players I have on there. And I was just like, come on, do the thing. If Vegas won it over them, I feel like, imagine it was like Vegas versus Toronto and Vegas won the cup in their first uh, year. Like, oh, the hockey would just oh. burn to the ground. I, I didn't know. I didn't know I could want something as much as that until you said that. <laughs> Maybe Seattle uh, for them. Oh, my God. That would oh. be. Uh. First year in. Knock them right out. That would just. Or imagine, imagine the first year of Vegas Seattle Cup. Western Conference Final, all the way they go. Oh yeah, wait a second. Never mind. I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. But it would, st- yeah. it would be funny. Like, it's like, like when you want something so bad, you just kind of don't think about the logistics. <laughs> have that on one side, and have like a Florida, Carolina, not even Tampa, Florida, mm. Carolina. Yeah. Eastern Conference Final, and let the four yeah. of them, you know, duke it out, and everyone would be so upset. They'd be like, well, you know, market size. These aren't yeah. the teams anyone wants. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. I don't I don't know who's uh, – I mean, are the Leafs currently the active longest without without one? Because, what, there's a 67, right? The – they go so the teams that never, you know, like mm. never yeah. won. But like the Canucks, like they were a thing, and then they weren't, and then yeah. you have like the yeah. Senators too. 
Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I guess technically how long they've been in the NHL, they don't count. Yeah. Yeah, they really don't. It's that's that's what's amusing. Well, I I would just for for the for part of me it'd be really oh man it'd be just so great if they just said all right yeah let's build that team in Hamilton and then they win like three years in a row and then that's another reason that Canada eats oh itself God. that'd be that'd be fun <laughs> that would be really funny or just <laughs> add like a new women's team there and let them be the ones to win and it's like there there's your winning team in Toronto and they probably still won't fully appreciate it but it would be nice <laughs> oh man yeah I, I remember how how uh... Like I, I was talking to Jay before about how I'm not really like a big fan of pretty much any any other sport. Well, well soccer, I really follow soccer, um, but kind of more like a, you know I played growing up. I you know I really know the game, so you know I can watch it and understand what's going on. Um, you know, but I don't really follow you know NFL, NBA, anything like that very seriously. And so I thought it was really interesting with you know Toronto go you know winning in the NBA, and I was just like all for it i was like this is gonna be so great because it's gonna piss off leaf's twitter <laughs> so much like they're gonna say they're happy but you know internally they are really burning with rage why too. could this not be us why could this not be us i i actually liked i i'm not a big basketball person i tried for years and i just like i don't give a shit and i have tried and then the playoffs <laughs> this year happened and it actually happened to the raptors and i started watching it you know like in the earlier rounds, and I was like, I I like this. I, I don't know what happened, <laughs> but I like this, and I like the Raptors. And like, I didn't want to say awesome. anything like on Twitter. I'm like, oh, I'm not rooting for a Toronto team. I'm not doing like, but I was rooting for them like the whole way through. But like, will I watch basketball next year? Probably not. I'll watch yeah. anything. I watch football. I watch baseball. Love tennis. Uh, soccer. I watch the tournaments, and I'm definitely gonna try to watch. You know, the women's soccer the regular season too and i'll watch literally anything hockey i just have a problem with basketball but like i'm really trying yeah i mean it's interesting you say tennis because i was actually gonna bring that up before um you know talking about lundquist you know how so don't few spoil NHL don't spoil goalies. For me, oh no 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 i'm not gonna tell you what happened like I, i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna tell you the results or anything but no i mean today we have without saying anything about what, what's actually happening right now you know we have nadal and federer playing mm -hmm. and we have djokovic playing in, you know, three out of the four men's semifinalists are, you know, what, mid-30s and up, I think? Yeah. Uh, Ser Serena's, what, 37? Like, I mean, she's, you know, and, and she's maybe? still dominant. She's yeah, 35 or 36, and okay. then, yeah, Nadal and Djokovic are, like, 33, 32, and then Federer's, yeah. like, 38 now. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like, it's not typical for, you know, even kind of one player to be that good at that age in, in in modern tennis let alone you know all all of these people yeah um so you know it's, it's pretty interesting and like i said i will not i will not tell you anything that that happens i'm um, on the second set and like i <laughs> i tape them every morning and like i'll you know i'll get up at like nine or ten and watch yeah and yeah. um you know like nothing i think serena yesterday got spoiled for me because i didn't get to watch till like three but i was like i'm still yeah. i still want to see it i still want to watch and um I've been good, but, like, today I was, like, I need to mute all of this because I started scrolling and I saw people, like, saying that they were watching. And I was, like, no, wait. <laughs> I need to, like, I want to watch this and fall and be surprised. This one I'm more invested in. Djokovic, I don't, I don't like him at all, so I don't care. I watched it. I saw it. I was, like, yep, whatever. You won. Hopefully you lose next round. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can see that. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a Federer person. 
Yeah. You know, I, I, I coach, I coach tennis at the high school, you know, the high school where I teach and I am a hundred percent of federal. Like I just, it, 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 it's, it's like watching a ballet, like when he's on, like his footwork is unbelievable. We're, we're, we're getting to the end of our time, but I wanted to ask one more question um, because, you know, I read your articles on a regular basis, but to prepare for this, I went back and, and, and you know, kind of looked at the last last few things that you, you wrote about to refresh my memory. And one of the more interesting articles, uh, you know, especially with, with my, you know, the things I'm interested in was about how different teams are incorporating analytics into the decision-making process. Uh-huh. And now now the article was specifically about the Rangers. So obviously, you know, feel free to talk about how the Rangers are doing that. Um, but first, like, you know, like I said, I read it. Um, but, you know, for, for listeners that didn't read, you know, what did you find about how different teams are incorporating data into their decision-making? Um, well, I think the Leafs are the team, like, you know, everyone will joke about it. They'll be like, oh, God, I started with the Leafs. But... <laughs> 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 no, I did it to myself. But okay. I, you know, I posted the chart originally, and I got a lot of responses like, "Oh, look, many people the Leafs have, and they can't win anything." But I actually found it really encouraging how much they invested in it. You know, I think some of the problems for teams can be budgeting and figuring out where to dedicate the money, especially if they're not a team like the Blackhawks, the Leafs, the Rangers mm-hmm. that have the Red Wings that have those really deep pockets to do it. Um, it's interesting how many teams went for nerds. Uh, it's discouraging yeah. some of them that didn't. But the one that was probably the most interesting to me was uh, the Sharks. It's Doug Wilson Jr. It's the son of Doug Wilson. And he has he, he's like built up this background and actually does um, – he's the director of scouting there and handles a lot of like their analytics and data. And I found that one to be really interesting. But, um, yeah, like it's like the Devils had uh, – God, I'm blanking – they had someone before Dello and Kane who was from like the blogging community. Oh, uh, um, uh, Meta. Yeah, 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 yeah. He played. He was the one that played poker and stuff, and was a blogger. Yeah. And and yeah. now they went with you know Tyler Dello and Matt Kane, and that's definitely gives them a good advantage. And um, some teams that were that I had noted didn't have an in-house person like the Islanders, but they work you know like with iceberg data, so. It's not completely writing them off. I know I got a lot about St. Louis. They were like, oh, they don't have anyone, and there's one. They had someone. I know they bring someone in new. So it's nice to see most teams around the league have someone. Um, I really like the way Seattle went about it. And, uh, yeah, it, it's it's something. It's, it's another tool to have. And I think the consensus from the analysts I spoke to was having someone higher up, you know, like at the assistant general manager, manager level, who will really take the ideas and run with them. But above all else, it's not just having the best staff. It's having the best staff at communicating this information. Because if you can't break it down in a way that someone that is a hockey man will understand or whatever, they're not going to care to, you know. You just Mm. have to make it digestible enough for everyone. And if you can, it definitely can work wonders. Like you see it is in, you know, Carolina seems to have success. I know everyone's going to point their finger at Florida and go, they tried and it didn't work. But there was like so much more to it than that. And uh, hopefully teams continue to keep, you know, taking note of it because with tracking data, if you don't understand how to use this information and what to do with it, it's nice to have, but it's essentially useless. You know, you're not going to get any conclusions from it. So the more teams learn to, like, find more innovative approaches and be willing to learn more about it, you know, you'll see growth and hopefully it can start catching up to some other leagues. Like the NBA seems much more eager to use this than hockey. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, at that that meetup we were at, it was uh, it was pretty pretty interesting how many people were there from the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like half of them. They're like, I'm from the NBA. I'm like, I'm a high school English teacher. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I do more than that. But yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, great. Thank you. You're like one of the highlights of meeting you. Oh, thank you so much. I, I, had, I had a lot of fun. And like I like I wrote on Twitter, that was definitely definitely a highlight for me. Um, just, just real quick before Jay wraps up, when you were talking about the budgeting, uh, mm-hmm. it, it of course reminded me of the classic drill drill tweet that I was I was I was wondering why somebody hasn't done a parody of this, you know, with like food two hundred dollars, rent eight hundred dollars, analytics sixteen million dollars. <laughs> Please help me, my family is dying. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Um, all right, so th- 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 that's all I got for that. <laughs> that's, that's all I have to say about that. That's good. That's good. Well, I was about to say, let you two break it up. Quit. Quit rubbing in the fact that you met in real life before. Right? <laughs> you just have to come out to New York next time. Yeah. I, like, well, that, I've never been to any conferences either, anything. Well, that's that's all I keep hearing from my broadcast partners, so I guess I'll just have to do that sometime. Yeah. Um, well, well, Sheena, much like the, the off-season, it does have a limit. And just like our uh, interviews here, it uh, we we don't want to take up any more of your time because that just means the the season is that much closer to starting. But we do want to thank you for coming on to our lovely program here. Um, there's nothing I enjoy more than the, than the New York elite status uh, opinion bias. It's my favorite thing in the world. Um, uh, let me just take this opportunity to say that I know a lot of people always do the whole New York versus Boston thing. I've always picked New York. I know it Good. sounds weird, but <laughs> We, we, always head to head. I always go New York, so that's I, I look. I look forward to many a visit to uh, Garden this year, so that uh, the the specters of of Ken Holland haunt us in the form of Capo Capo. It's going to be great. <laughs> thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you, absolutely. If you want to follow Sheena and all of her banter, athletic and graph and bench glory. Uh, get ready to press the letter Y a few times. She is at Hey Shay, so H A Y, three Ys, S H A, and another three Ys. So just for confirmation, it's Hey Shay, H A three Ys, S H A, three Ys. So that should be very easy to remember. So uh, as we reach the end of our interview here, uh, for our listeners, we just want to remind you that we are a big-time show now, which means we have an ad break here. So uh, enjoy the uh, ads that are being broadcast to your ear holes, and we'll be back right after. Many thanks again for uh, coming on to our show, Shana. Uh, we are really excited at whatever the Rangers are going to do, right, Pete? <laughs> oh yes, I love, <laughs> love me some Rangers. Oh yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Like, like I, I just lay in bed like hoping that the Rangers are going to be good this year. Oh man, yeah, me too. Gosh, she's gonna, <laughs> she's, she's gonna unfollow us so hard after that. Okay, so, uh, so at the beginning of our episode today, we were talking about the madness and majesty that is offer sheets, but we also wanted to do a little bit of a convo about uh, the happenings in free agency. Some some fun things did happen that. Uh, we already know that you know, but Pete and I have been on opposite sides of the country anyway in the first place, but then even more so further out of context. So we we just wanted to check in with each other, you know, see how we were feeling about some moves that were made on uh, on July 1st. Um, not a lot happened, right, Pete? 
very little action, no big names moved. Oh, wait, <laughs> sorry. That's that's a different uh, – that was for a different podcast that I do called The Loser's Idea of What Free Agency Is. Yes, everything <laughs> happened. Everything happened on – on July first, for the most part. <laughs> so is that basically like a, like a variation on like like the four dummies series? It's like they're yeah. for losers. Yep. Free agency yep. for losers. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Like, um, coming soon, self help for losers. <laughs> Love yourself today if you're a loser. Yeah. All right. Anyway, moving on. So ten yeah. minutes later, Pete's still coming up with stuff, and I'm just laughing. All right, and that's yeah. and that's our episode. Uh, thanks for listening <laughs> yeah. to that for sure. Um, well, uh, the the one thing that I did uh, want to start off our little phrase to combo with is the the uh, we were once enemies, but now friends. Uh, free agency acquisitions, which were uh, Joe Pavelski and Corey Perry, are now. Dallas stars. So yes, um, that is, that is very interesting. I'm actually very happy that Corey Perry is on a team that is not, uh, that also started with a D and ended with an S um, yeah. that, uh, that might've, that might've really, really tested my ability to uh, uh, think that anything is good and just in this world, but just like our faith, it was rewarded. So, uh, Pete, I'm I'm very interested to see that uh, that the Sharks got rid of their captain. Well, maybe not got rid of. He left, right? That's yeah. it's not like they yeah. it's not like they kicked him to the to the curb. He it, it, it was whatever. So I'm always interested in the in the captain departures and stuff because last I checked, Joe Pavelski was a pretty good captain for them last last yeah. night, last night saw. So that I'm I'm always puzzled by that. You know, that's you know change of scenery and whatnot. You know, I'm I'm very curious as to what they'll be able to do in Dallas. I mean, I, I feel like it was it one of you who said, cause it was the last wing at Motown radio where, so well, I forget which one of you said it, but it was like every year, Jim Nill wins free agency, but then no uh, one else. JJ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so Jim Nill strikes again. Right. So, so good for him, but I, I, I yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure what to expect, but that's, that's, that's kind of neat. You know, they, you know, it, it actually would be kind of fun if it just started some some interagency quarrels because this is a shark and a duck that have been fighting for years and years and years, and now they're on the same team. Whatever will happen, tune in Tuesday, right for the news. I know. I mean, like Cor- Corey Perry is going to try to teach him like the quack 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 uh, <laughs> chants, and uh, yeah. but um, no, I mean, like like one of the things I thought was interesting about that is if you look on Cat Friendly, um, you know how they have like the bonus section. Um, there's a whole section about like uh, they're 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 giving him uh, a year supply of paste because that's all Corey Perry eats before games. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, it, it's great because now now there's another team I get to hate because Corey Perry is on it. Um, but. Sorry to any Dallas fans listening out there, but Corey <laughs> Perry's terrible. Just he is just he really terrible is. person. Uh, I mean, I don't know if, how he is off the ice, but he's a terrible person on the ice. Uh, he could be wonderful off the ice because a lot of those players seem to be that way. But I don't really yeah. care because I'm not friends with him. I just see what he does when he <laughs> plays my team. Um, yeah, so so there's there, there's a lot of interesting stuff that happened. Um, obviously, the Artemi Panarin saga has ended. Uh, we, well, actually, the Panarin slash Bobrovsky, um, a.k.a. show us both the money uh, saga has ended with Artemi Panarin ending up in uh, New York with the Rangers. And 
Uh, this is one of the few times that we actually record the rest of the episode before we record the interview. But I can't imagine that we didn't talk to Shayna about Artemi Panarin uh, <laughs> playing in New York. So I don't want to talk about it too much. But obviously, that was that was definitely an interesting one um, because, you know, she will be able to tell you a lot more than than we will. Um, but it was it was also interesting because for a long time, uh, people were were thinking, and I think rightfully so. I think this was kind of like the plan uh, was, you know, they're talking about um Panarin and Bobrovsky being a package deal. Um, I know there's a lot of rumors coming out of Long Island that the Islanders were looking for them. Uh, you know, they're trying to get both of them. And it, we almost got the case where a team had their captain leave in free agency t- two years in a row um, because the, uh, you know, the, the, the Islanders were uh, looking into Panarin and they were trying to get Bobrovsky and, now, the reports that we get um, from people covering the Islanders, like I think Arthur Staple from The Athletic, is that basically, you know, Lee never wanted to leave. He was never close to leaving. Um, the plan was always for him to stay. Um, but, you know, it does seem like they were looking to try to get Panarin, which obviously would have been, you know, more difficult to try to fit him in, you know, him being Anders Lee, uh, him in as well with cap considerations. But, um, yeah, so basically the Islanders, uh, saw, you know, they brought back their captain, Anders Lee, um, but they saw Robin Leonard, last year's feel-good story, uh, Vezina finalist, uh, Masterson Award winner. Um, they saw him go to the Chicago Blackhawks, um, and I don't want to get into the whole thing, but if you're interested, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of reporting out there about what happened. Um, it's always tough to tell because, uh, you know, Lou Lamarillo is famous for not talking to the media very often. He doesn't, you know, he basically doesn't leak anything. Um, and so there's a, you know, a bit of a goaltending goal carousel. You have Leonard ending up in Chicago. You have Semyon Varlamov ending up in New York, uh, the Islanders. Uh, the, the Hurricanes re-signed Peter, uh, Peter Mrazek. Um, and like I said, there, there's, there's a lot of goalies, uh, changing. We had the Red Wings signed Calvin Picard, who, which is basically a, um, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be maybe pushing Bernier, you know, trying to get that backup role. If not, he's going to be in the AHL. It's basically league minimum. It's like 750 K. Um, so if he ends up not being, you know, a, a very good NHL goalie, it doesn't really matter that much. Um, Jeff Berube with uh, Philadelphia. Um, I'm just scrolling down to get to until I get to the one I was looking for. Um, where is it? Where is that? You know, I was uh, going to say it's been a while since a Picard was number two. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that, like, we, we do know <laughs> we do know from the recent Internet uh, sources that uh, he will be bringing a dog with him. I'm very excited. Yes. A lot of t- a lot of teams say they always need a dog. So exactly. I'm glad, I'm glad we're actually getting a dog. Um, oh, um, I, li- I liked I liked Wayne Simmons somewhere. going to yeah. I, li- I liked Wayne Simmons going to New Jersey. I think that's pretty cool. Um, there was a uh, there was one other thing. Yeah, it's going to be um, interesting because he, he, he really kind of fell off last year. Um, yeah. And it's going to be really interesting to see because he only took a one. He only got a one year deal. So it's going to be interesting to see because obviously New Jersey is going to be you know, with, with the, the moves they made, they're going to be better next year. I mean, we didn't even talk about them bringing uh, yeah. them trading for PK Subban. Uh, yeah. You know, New Jersey and uh, the devils 
the, you know, the Devils and the Rangers are going to be very interesting next year. Obviously, the Islanders, you know, did so much better this year than most people expected. Uh, so it could be a really top year for the, uh, you know, the New York metro area. And oh, uh, before, I, before I get back to you, the, the one thing I was thinking is um, in Edmonton, they signed Mike Smith for some reason. Hey, you know, Kenny wants to get these thing the, the ball rolling, right? So let's just let's just get it rolling past Smith into the net, right? Is it a ball that they is it a ball that they use? Or is yeah. it's, it's it's still a fuck, right? Okay. I mean when when you when you can get one of the worst performing goalies in the entire NHL last in last year, you know, you gotta do it. You gotta go for it. <laughs> I would love I really wanna if I had the time, I would go through every episode of our show and I would love to catalog every time you've made that joke because it's one of my favorites. <laughs> hey, any any time you can lock up a guy post 30 for more than seven years, you got to do it. You, <laughs> yeah, you just you got to do it. Are you saying I'm There's becoming no predictable? No, no, that's we're, we're like still six episodes away from you becoming predictable. Oh, you cool. OK. All right. You've got time. Um, so there was, um, there was, there, who was it? Um, I, I like you, you already said about Leonard going to the Hawks. That's it. I, I'm just glad he's somewhere that he's visible, that can keep playing, that can keep bouncing back because he deserves it. The yeah. guy needs, the guy needs every opportunity he can to, 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 to battle whatever he's battling. And, Sports can be a, a tremendous help in, in that regard. There's there's no doubt about it. I, I just I just hope that there's you know I with the <laughs> with the way that Stan Bowman's giving up good defensemen lately, it's uh, I don't really don't want him being tested too much. <laughs> yeah, because exactly. you know that's 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 the fun part there. Um there was uh gosh, there is there is another thing here. Um oh yeah, so Maddie Duchesne's in Nashville now, good for him. That's that's kind of fun. Um, I, I I know it was talked about on the Winging It radio, but I did want to chime in with my two thoughts here. Uh, Philpola coming back. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just just wow. That's OK. All right. So sure. Yeah. Well, as you were saying, you wanted to have the 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 uh, Franz Nielsen, Valtteri Philpola, uh bare knuckle boxing match for who gets to wear 51. Hmm. Um, I, I really hope that that's a thing that happens um, as somebody who does work in the sports content generation world. However, that's settled. I would love to know about it so I can at least do an article about, about yeah. it. Cause that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. It turns out Valtteri and Franz just, uh, they just played putt putt for it. You know, <laughs> after 18, after 18 holes, whoever has the lowest, that's who gets it. So, you know, that'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, everything else just seemed fairly, you know, pedestrian, right, Pete? There was just everybody, everybody went where they needed to go or where they thought they needed to go. Um, kind of sounds like Pittsburgh's been st- taking some steps back, which is a lot of fun, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all about hearing them not making good moves, so that's fun. Um, Gus can't go. Uh, Gus is closer to home now. He's just he's just three hours south <laughs> of good old Columbus. Oh, I am. Um... I, wonder, I wonder how that's gonna go. I am really excited. We, we, you know, we talked, uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, there's been some trades and, and like we said, this is, you know, especially with the, with having the interview in, in the episode, it's really hard for us to get to everything and keeping it, you know, relatively, you know, reasonably a decent amount of time, um, yeah. you know, decent amount of runtime. Uh, I just think it's really interesting that I, I cannot wait to see, 
given the Toronto fan base's notoriously um, forgiving environment when it comes to defensemen, I'm really interested to see how they react to Cody CC playing a, a season for Toronto. Because he is not, he is not good. He is not good. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I mean, it's going to be great for me. A negative negative times a negative equals a positive, right? Yeah. So It's going to be great for me. I mean, I'm sitting here doing the math, and I'm like, let's see, 1 plus 2 plus 2 plus 1. No, 1 plus 1 plus 2 plus 1. Um, (laughs) And, and, I mean, you know, as they say, a double negative has led to proof positive. Uh, Yep. That's how we do it. That's how we do it on the Fisher cast. Um, I, I think I, I'm keeping track on my bingo card, and I think we have gotten enough movie <laughs> references in to qualify as an episode for sure. Uh, that's right. That's right. It's always it's always a struggle to get to that point, but yeah. somehow we always figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird oh, that they made us sign that contract that said that. You know, this is what happens when you have ads in your in your shows now. So, oh yeah, it is. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of our show. So as always, thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more, uh, you can do a couple things. Number one, you can subscribe to the podcast. If you go to any podcast app and you uh, look for Winging in Motown, you will find us uh, because we are under the same podcasting umbrella as the Wim Radio podcast. It's all under Winging in Motown. Um, if you're listening to the episode and it says for sure, in the beginning, then it's us. If it says Wim Radio, then it is Wim Radio. Pretty easy to keep track of. But make sure it's us. Let's just make sure it's us. If you if you like to listen on the website, if you know if you go to Winging in Motown, you can listen there right in the article page. Um, if you like to do that, then if you scroll down a little bit past the top, uh, you will see an archive that has. Uh, I think you know, I'm not sure if it's every single one ever for Wim Radio because it's been on for a long time. But there's a whole bunch of episodes of Wim Radio, um, and there's all the for sure episodes going all the way back uh, two years ago. Most importantly, the for sure. Most importantly, the for sure episode. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so if you go on there, you can see all of them. Um, if you want to uh, follow us on social media, you can find me on Twitter at pflinhockey. You can find Jay at the roar underscore twenty four. Um, you can find our podcast on Twitter at 200 foot pod. That's two zero zero FTPOD. You can find our, uh, our site on Facebook at facebook.com slash for sure pod F E R S U R E P O D. And lastly, if you want to get some merchandise, you can do that. You can go to tinyurl.com slash for shirts. That's F E R S H I R T. Um, I actually recently, uh, they were having a big sale, uh, with the site that uh that 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 we have our our merch store on and i got a phone case that looks really cool um it's really high uh you know i definitely say it's high quality not just because it's our our thing but i mean like if i ordered this from you know another podcast i'd be really happy with it um so yeah so there, there's I also yeah like how i also like how pete you give the listeners permission if you want merch you can do that yeah if you're sitting there thinking, right. I would really like to buy some merch, but I don't know if I'm allowed to. Yes. Yes, you can. Guess what? Pete, Pete and I are here to say, yeah. by all means. Exactly. In as much of a, you know, as much of a Ferris Bueller way as we can. Yeah. Buy buy everything. Just you know, buy us all out of stock, and then we'll have to restock. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so thanks again for listening. Uh, we will see you again in 
most likely two weeks. I, th- I think I think we should be able to be back to a normal schedule now. Um, so two weeks, if for some reason we can't, uh, you know, we need to, to switch up a little bit, we'll let you know. But we'll see you soon. For sure. 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 For sure.